fact of the matter is, is that even in the hardest of times, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. I would rather have that grace of God in the really, really, really hard times over having none of that in the best of times. Amen? Amen. 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 Guys, uh, so, so I've been contemplating, what am I supposed to do? I mean, uh, i got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a bit of a wreck. It's okay. And uh, I'm a bit of a wreck. And more, more importantly than that, people that I love very, very much are in a bit of a wreck too. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to preach? Am I supposed to, what do we do here? You know, we come into these things and sometimes we just have no idea. Amen. And, um, and what I know is when I don't know what I'm supposed to do, I do the very last thing that I know for sure that God told me to do, right? So if you don't know what step to take, the step that you take is what was the very last thing that God said to do, and you do that until he tells you to do something else, amen? So the last thing that I knew God told me to do was to preach my guts out, so I'm going to do that. And, um, and the last subject matter that I knew God wanted to talk about was James chapter 3, and so I'm going to preach my guts out James chapter 3. And, uh, and so, um, man, I got to tell you, we're in this walkthrough series and we talked about what a walkthrough series is. So I'm not going to go into that. I got to tell you, pastor, pastor Jim did a phenomenal job opening it up. Just amazing. Pastor Aaron did absolutely amazing last week. And, uh, and I, <laughs> Reverend L comes up to me after pastor Aaron went, he goes, brother, that's not bad, right? Miss Donna, that's pretty good. Brother. He's like, I do not want to do this now. And I said, don't worry, Reverend L. I'll lower the bar for you next week. <laughs> so I'm here to help your curve. Thank you. That's why I'm here. Pastor Dan, there you go. I'm here to set the curve for you. Week one, Pastor Jim talked about count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. What was so powerful about that is number one, it's the word of God, but number two, Pastor Jim's been living that in the middle of a cancer diagnosis. And, and look, he didn't say these things to you after the battle. He came, he came to church today hurting. He's telling you these things in the middle of his battle. That just adds an extra weight to his word. Amen? Amen. Pastor Aaron talked about something I just thought was, was such a mind-blowing and amazing concept. He said, that when somebody comes to you with a need, maybe instead of praying, maybe the prayer's already been prayed. Maybe the intercession has already happened and they're standing there talking to the person that God wanted to use as the answer to that prayer. And so he challenged you. Okay, maybe instead of just saying, hey, I'll pray for you, maybe, maybe what you should be doing is being an answer to that prayer. Amen? I thought it was brilliant. Blew my mind. Uh, so James chapter 3, and, and so we walk through the entire thing. So we're going to, I like to have a reading rather than, than me read it myself. And uh, if you were wondering, two weeks ago when Pastor Jim played audio and it sounded familiar, yes, it's Johnny Cash. So Johnny is with us today to read James chapter 3, and then I'm going to go back in and break it down. So give this a listen. Chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, 
able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Thank you, Johnny. He did good. He did good. Where do you where do you go with this? I mean, that's the hard part. So so the idea of a walkthrough series is so that by the end of it, we've read the entire book of the Bible to you, and you've you the word of God does not return void. You deposit it into your spirit. And at the moment where you need that most, it, it makes its appearance in your life, right? So, so where, do, where do you go with this? Now that, now that we've heard the whole thing, where do you break it down? I mean, there's so many talking about the difference between earthly wisdom versus heavenly wisdom. You could go there. You could talk for a while about not many being teachers because you will be held at a higher standard. Where do you go? And uh, I want to I tell you the part that has always challenged me the most in James chapter 3 is the whole entire portion on the tongue. Uh, how you speak. Understand this. How we speak is absolutely of the utmost importance. And so verses 1 through 10, I'm going to camp out there for a while. And uh, I'm going to read some of it to you again. It won't be as smooth as Johnny brought, but I, I think we'll be all right. Let's start with verse 1 and 2. So he says this, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. Can I get an amen there? Okay. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. What he is saying is the final frontier in your sanctification is the tongue. Would you agree with that statement? The final frontier in trying to get this life figured out is the tongue. 
You can stop the drinking, you can stop the smoking, you can stop the stealing, you can stop all that stuff, but the tongue is hard to control. Even to the greatest men and women of God, the tongue is still hard to control. I know this because it's been a problem for me. There is a legendary story about me before I was even a youth pastor. It was, I was still working at the jail and I was leading small groups for our teenagers at the church. And, uh, and I had this, I was leading this group and, and I, we were in this really important discussion and we were talking about your struggles and, and, and I, you know, I like to lead with transparency. So I was like, guys, I'm going to tell you where I struggle. Here's where I struggle the most. I said, I struggle. This is going to come as a surprise to you. You didn't see this coming. I said, I struggle with sarcasm. People, people, they were like, no, you stop it right now. I was like, I struggle with sarcasm. I struggle with making fun of people. You got to understand something. And, and, and I've honed in on my skills because I spent a lot of time with Wes Jones. Him and I, it gets bad. And it comes out so quickly. I mean, quickly. Your mouth works quicker than your filter. So I'm telling the kids this. I'm like, guys, it's been a struggle for me. And I don't know if you have a struggle like this, but I really struggle with the things I say to people and making fun of people. And then a kid named Zach raised his hand. Now, if you were familiar with this youth ministry, Zach, Zach had an issue. And that issue was excessive sweating. That brother would sweat through three shirts and a turtleneck. You understand what I'm saying? So Zach raises his hand to tell us what's going on, and I see him raise his hand, and I'm telling you what, I was, I was impressed from here to there, right? But I let it go. Didn't, do you think I let it go? He raises his hand, and I go, holy pit stains, Batman. Listen, there was no breath between I struggle with making fun of people and holy pit stains Batman. There was no breath. I literally did not pass go. I did not collect $200. I went straight from I struggle with sarcasm to holy pit stains Batman like that. He's like, I mean, look, he wasn't surprised. He had to know about it. Nineteen years later, I'm at a funeral dinner for a good friend of mine, and a kid walks, a, young, a man with a baby, with children, and a wife, and a mortgage, and a beard, walks up to me and goes, you know what I remember most about you? I'm like, my kind and loving disposition? He's like, no, no, that's not it. <clears throat> He's like, remember that time in small group when Zach raised his hand and you were like, holy pit stains, Batman? I'm like, that's my legacy. 19 years later, my legacy is holy pit stains Batman. Controlling the tongue is hard, especially when God blessed you or cursed you with a quick wit. But it's an issue for everybody. It says actually, he says, he says if, no one, if someone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. I don't think that there's uh, any perfect ones sitting around here today, is there? No, okay, so we're all in the same boat. So that means we all got to watch what we do. So let's continue looking at it. Verses 3 and 4, he says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and turn their whole body. 
Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Understand this. He uses really powerful illustrations here. He uses the illustration of a bit that you put in a horse's mouth. That this huge, powerful, strong animal, this wild animal, and Pastor Jim could tell you stories about that. He knows all about the strength of these animals. Except for the Shetland ponies. You know why they can't neigh? Because they're a little horse. It's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. Anyway, <laughs> my son, sarcastic, slow capping, clapping me right now. Yeah, that's my son. Can't, yeah, can't wait to see how that one turns out with the sarcasm. You put a horse, you put a bit in a horse's mouth, you control it wherever it goes. He's, he's giving this illustration that you can tame this wild beast just by controlling the mouth of that beast. Then he starts talking about a ship and how these big, strong ships are controlled by a tiny little rudder that turns this way or this way and takes the ship whichever the way it wants it to go. He's saying that the tongue is just like that. That though it is a small member of your being, that it can produce big results. It can produce big results in all the right ways, or it can produce big results in all of the wrong ways. Amen? Amen. Each and every one of us have dealt with those moments where that little tiny part of your body has gotten you into big, big trouble. Especially if you're married. Right? I heard a wife. That's, well, she's my best amen. She's a really good amener. She's the woohoo crew. Husbands, we fall short there, don't we? Wives, you do too. You just don't admit it half as well, do you? No, I'm just kidding. See? See? That's going to get me in trouble. I meant to do that as an illustration to how quickly you can have somebody turn on you. It's all on purpose. You think she bought that? I don't think so. It's amazing what a big difference a little thing can make. And I want you to also understand that this also counts not just for your tongue, but also your fingertips. Because we are going to be held just as accountable for what we type as we will what we say. Did you hear that? We'll be held just as accountable for what we type as what we say. Back in my day, there was a thing called liquid courage. Okay, that if you got just enough, in my neighborhood, it was always Natty Light because that's all people could afford in my neighborhood. If you got just, just enough of that in you, you would say just about anything to anybody, right? If there was a beautiful girl that you never had the nerve to say to, if you had a little bit of liquid courage, you'd go and, and try and win her over. It's not how you do it, gentlemen. If there was someone that you wanted to say something to, if you had just a little, little, little of that liquid courage, you would say it. But nowadays, I call it digital courage, where you have these people who sit behind a keyboard or behind a phone and use their fingertips to cause pain and sorrow in people's lives with what they say to them. We will be just as held accountable for the words we type as we will the words that we say. Understand that. That is the absolute truth. 
back in my day, which I'm 40, so I'm not going to make fun of anybody for being older because I'm trying to control the tongue. The filter is kicking in. It's good. It's good. It's good. There were consequences for that. And there are consequences for digital courage as well. I'm telling you, there have been times where I'm like, if I could find what mom's basement you're hiding in right now. If I could. The other day, Pastor Kate got a call from a telemarketer. And he was just, he was, he, I'm like, why are you? And finally, he's telling her, the sheriff's on their way to take you to prison because your social security number isn't right. Gary Keener, you're a deputy. Have you ever came and picked somebody up from their house and took them straight to prison because there was something wrong with their social security number? No. So I'm like, I'm like, give me the phone. And I'm like, look, dude, I've been in law enforcement. They don't do that. And he started, he started bowing up on me. He goes, who are, and he used some language too. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, I am the guy that would break you in half if I knew where you were. I have no idea where you are. But if I were, <laughs> there are consequences for the way that you use your tongue. Man, I wanted to bring consequences to that guy. I, I wanted to bring swift and powerful retribution, but I didn't because I have no idea where he is. Yeah, exactly. Look at, look at verse 5 through 8. It says this. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. We just talked about that. See how great a forest fire, how great a forest a little fire kindles. That's big. Keep that one in your mind. And the tongue is a fire. So it goes from, here's a little English lesson, 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 English lesson. A little English lesson. It's a struggle. He goes from a simile where he says, uses a comparison of like and as, that a tongue is like a fire. Now he goes and makes the jump from saying it is like it to saying it is that. Big words is what I'm saying. He's saying, he's saying important things here. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and, it, and and it is set on, high, on fire by hell. Now listen, what he's saying is your tongue works against your body. The things that you say often work against you. Anybody ever feel like, wow, I am my biggest, worst enemy. And the things that come out of my mouth, wow. Anybody? For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison and unruly evil. He goes, he goes from, from a simile saying this is like this to now this is exactly what it is. And what he's saying is your tongue can be so destructive in the things that you say that it takes heroic measures to bring healing from it. Like a forest fire. It takes heroic measures to stop it and it takes big measures to fix it. And your tongue can get you in trouble in such a way. We actually just had that happen just this week. 
there is a local business owner that really stepped in it on TikTok. How many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about? I'm not going to talk about what he said. I'm not worried about it. Uh, people know what he said, and it was dumb. But look at this. This is, this is the Mansfield News Journal. 330 people shared this article. And almost 800 people had something to say about it. And this was, this was Tuesday when I wrote this message. He just said some things he shouldn't have said. I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is look how quickly something you say or something you type can get away from you and cause a stir that you never intended it to cause. All right, go ahead and click off of that because we don't need to to look at that all day. Your words can get away from you in a heartbeat and consequences can befall you in a moment's notice without you seeing any of it coming. And if you don't stop it, it's going to take heroic measures to be able to come back from it. That's what he's saying here. He's saying it's like a forest fire that destroys everything in its path. And it works against you. And so you have to be ever so careful. Again, there's that digital courage that we talked about. When you allow yourself to speak the type of things that you know you shouldn't, consequences will show up fast. This was written long before the existence of the internet. Thank you, Al Gore, for the internet. This was written long before that. Long, long before that. Where now we have the internet where nothing ever completely goes away. Did you hear that? You've never been able to take back your words, but you would hope that you would last long enough that somebody forgot it. Now there's this thing called the interwebs. And it never is completely deleted. Somebody could take a snapshot. Somebody can find a way to access that. And your words live on forever. And that's why it's so important to measure what you say because it doesn't ever really go away. And how many times have you seen somebody who's running for office or somebody who something great's about to happen in their life and it all falls apart because somebody went back to 2004 and found a tweeter, right? Or something they said on Instaface or Snapbook, right? You know what I'm saying? I have a belief, and here's the belief. If we suffered the consequences for our words before we spoke them, we would measure our words so much more carefully. That local business owner, if he would have had to endure all those conversations and see his name in the newspaper and and worry, is this going to affect my business? Is this going to affect my spouse's business? He never would have said those words. It's like if you had to do the burpees before you had the snicker, right? If you, do you know how many burpees counteract a can of Coca-Cola? I think it's like 50. Anybody ever done a burpee before? They're horrible. They are from Satan himself. And if you, if you had to do the burpees before you could drink the Coke, we would all be super skinny, Right? If you had to suffer the consequences before the action, you would never commit the action. If you had to suffer the consequences for your word, you'd think twice before you said it. So it's so important for us to say, how are the words that I'm about to say 
going to be received, perceived, and delivered to others because it makes all the difference in the world. Verses 9 to 10, it says, with it, it's talking about the tongue, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brother, these ought not to be so. He says here that we bless, our, we bless God with our mouth one minute, and then we curse man another. I was driving down the road today, not in a great mood, and this dude in a truck, a big truck, started drifting towards me, and I had kind words for him. I'm like, sir, it seems as if your truck has matriculated into my section of the road, and I would most certainly appreciate it if you would retrieve yourself from my section of the road and, and remove yourself to your section of the road. Thank you, and God bless. Instead, I said, what are you doing, moron? Don't get all sanctimonious with me. The fusion sticker on the back of your car is the only thing that keeps you sometimes from flying the one-finger salute. You know I'm right. Pastor Yano, if you were looking, Yano, if you were looking for polished, this wasn't the place to come. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, that's coming. Hey, just, just don't take Paris and Dan away from us, okay, after this, all right? Jeez Louise. Check this out. God created us to speak life and blessing. Check this out. God created us to speak life and blessing in the way that he did. God was wanting to have this relationship with us. So he spoke and he said, let us make man in our likeness and our image. He spoke it. And then he formed and then he breathed his breath of life. And then he said, let us, let us, let us have all kinds of animals and let us have let us have birds of the air and fish of the sea and let us make water and let us make land and let us have light and all of that happened he spoke that life and he spoke about the life that he was going to produce in us and god says that we are called to speak life the enemy conversely used his tongue to deceive and put a curse on men and women he said, did the Lord really say what you think he said? Did he really say that you should not have the fruit from the tree in the midst of the garden? Or is he just worried that you're going to be like him? With his tongue, he deceived. And with his tongue, he coaxed them into a curse. And so here's what... Here's what the book of James is saying is out of the same mouth are people who are speaking life just like God when he created the heavens and the earth and said, let us make man in our image. One minute we're living that way and the next minute we're speaking death and we're, and we're deceiving and we're, being, and we're being spiteful and we're speaking curses over people's lives. The same mouth doing the same exact thing on each side and we try to operate in both sides of that as we see the situation call for. So we're in the house of God, we worship God, but when we're on the road, will you call somebody a moron? That's your pastor, my bad, sorry. These things ought not to be so. Why? Because that's not what God intended 
our tongue to be. Amen? Amen. You ever thought about what happens when something is not used for the purpose for which it was created? Right? This right here, what is that? It's a hammer. It's a tiny hammer. Stop. Hammer time. Reverend L, I would imagine this is the kind of hammer you have. You don't seem like a handyman. Are you a handyman? No. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Right there. When Donna didn't say a word, I knew I was correct. Donna just looked at him and was like. So the purpose of this thing, no matter how tiny it is, because great things can happen no matter how small. Right, Wes? Anyway, see, it just came out. I didn't even plan that. Sorry, Wesley. The purpose of this is to do that, right? What is the purpose of this? Don't you tell me what to do. You're not my mama. What is the purpose of this? To hold the nectar of the heavens. The heavenly bean. Ooh, that, that should be your name for the cafe. Not Hebrews. Don't do it. Don't do it. How many here... Love you some coffee. Oh. How many of you are like, I absolutely can't stand that stuff? I, <laughs> I'm so glad Wes raised his hand, and I'll tell you why. Every chance I get, I'm like, here, dude, this will change your mind about coffee. Give it a try. And he does it, and he tastes it, and he's like, it still tastes like cat tinkles, what he says. He says, this is horrible. How many times have I gotten you to try a new thing? Uh, all the times. He won't do it anymore, right? This is, this is used as a temple for the holy liquid, right? And I don't care what you say. I'm a big, strong guy, and I love my French vanilla coffee. And if loving French vanilla if creamer is wrong, I don't want to be right. You can judge me all day long. I don't care. It's amazing. It's a party in your mouth. It's heaven on your tongue. But what happens when you don't use this for the right purpose and you try and drive a nail? I meant to do it. Stop talking. When you use something in the manner it wasn't designed for, at best you'll be ineffective, at worst you'll be destructive. Did you hear that? When you use something for the, 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 the usage it was not created to use, at best, at very best, you'll be ineffective. At worst, you'll be destructive. And when God created you, and he created your tongue, he created you to speak life, just like God did. He created you to speak glorified things, amazing things, holy things out into the end of the world and bless others. But what we do is we, with the same mouth, with a double-sided tongue, we, we bless God and curse man. And when we curse man, we use the tongue for the purpose it was not created for. And at best, at very best, when you use your tongue, to bring curses, at very best, you're ineffective. And that's, just, that's at very best. And at worst, it's devastating and destructive. God called us to speak life. 
God created us to speak life. I want, I want you to see something I never saw in verse 4. You can play that in the background. That'd be awesome. Look at verse 4 again. It says, Look also at ships. Although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 4. Did some research on that scripture. And I realized that I've been looking at this thing all wrong. All of us probably looked at it as your tongue is a small instrument that, that moves big things, right? That's what we read when we, that's what we think when we read that. It's, and, and that our tongue oftentimes turns us the wrong direction and lands us shipwrecked, right? But check this out. That word in the Greek is the word scleros when it's talking about wind. It says that in the middle of these winds, scleros, what does that mean? It means rough, hard, violent, cruel winds. It says in the middle of rough, hard, violent, and cruel winds, your tongue can direct the ship whichever direction the pilot desires. That's a good thing. That in the middle of the hardest times of your life, in the middle of your darkest struggle, in the middle of the cruelest moments of your life, and let me tell you something, we've seen some cruel moments even recently. The Lord can challenge you and use you to use your tongue so that you can steer and navigate through the cruelty that the world offers when you proclaim the word over your life or the life of somebody else, when you use that tongue for the purpose it was created for, which was to proclaim the goodness of God, it will navigate your entire life through the cruelest and harshest of moments. Wow. The smallest but most powerful part of us has the ability to steer through the cruelest of circumstances when we speak blessings over them. Go ahead and stand to your feet, friends. So we have a choice here. There's no, there's no mystery here. We have a choice. We can, we can speak blessings. We can speak cursings. We can speak life. We can speak death. And in the middle of the best times, you can bring the worst times by speaking curses. But in the middle of the most cruel winds, you can bring life when you proclaim over your own life and over the lives of others. The tongue is powerful. And when you speak curses, you can spiral fast. But when you speak blessings, amazing things can happen. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to speak a blessing over you. We're going to open up the altars. You can come to the altar. If you've not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to do that today. I would love to come and talk to me right, come and talk to me right here. If you just need some prayer, thank you for removing that. That would be a bad first experience at the altar, would it not? So let me just speak these over you. I say, let's say this, you say, you say you're unlovable, but God says you're forever loved. 
You say that you're scarred, but God says that you're healed. You say that you are weak, but God says he makes you strong in the middle of that weakness. You recognize you're a sinner, but God says that you're forgiven. You may say or think that you are abandoned, but God says that you are adopted. You may say that you were broken, but God has said that he makes you whole. You may feel like you've been rejected, but he calls you his own. You may feel alone, but he says he's always with you. You may feel hopeless, but he always has hope for you. You may feel like you have no purpose, but he created you with a downloaded purpose within you. You may say that you have failed, but he calls you victorious in Christ. You may say that that you are lost, but he gives you direction in every moment of your life. You may say that you are worried, anxious, or afraid, and God says, I have filled your life with the peace that passes all understanding. You may say that you're unhappy, but God says, I give you joy. You may say that you're afraid, and God says that you are powerful and love and have a sound mind. You may say that you're nothing special, but God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you may say that you are worthless, but God looked at you in the darkest moment of your life, and he deemed you 100% completely worth it. Hallelujah. Friends, it's time to start proclaiming that over yourself. And i got to be honest with you. Two of the people who know me best in this whole world would be, uh, would be my wife and would be Wes. And they would both tell you that this is the biggest part of my life where I struggle, proclaiming over my own self these things. But the fact of the matter is, you may feel that way as well. But it doesn't matter what you say about, God, about yourself. It matters what God says about you. You may say that you're worthless, but he says you're worth it. You may say that you are nothing, but he says you're something special. And you can proclaim those things in the middle of life's cruelest and harshest winds and storms. And it can steer your life to something absolutely beautiful when you proclaim who you are in him. Amen? Amen. Here's what I want to do. We've got some time. I want to... Not a lot of time, but sometime. I want to pray. And maybe you're here today and you're just struggling. Get to the altar. Maybe you're here today and you just need God to pour that love that he speaks about so much into your life. Get to the altar. Maybe you're here and you just need some juice to keep going. Get to the altar. Maybe you're here and you're hurting. Get to the altar. Maybe you're here and life has thrown some cruel, hard storms at you. And it's really hard to proclaim it. Get to the altar. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'll be standing right here. Get to the altar. I'm going to pray. We're going to crank this up. Altars are open. If you got to go, you got to go. But if you want to press in, let's press in. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you that you created the tongue. Even though, even though we fall flat on our face sometimes and we say things we should never have said, even in the midst of that, God, if we just proclaim who you say we are to the harshest of situations in our lives, God, you will lead us through that storm. Help us to bless others. Help us to tame the tongue because it gets away from us quickly. God, we love you and we praise you. Pour yourself out in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to get to the altar, get to the altar. Let's crank up the music. If you got to go, you got to go. God bless you, church.